Hello, everyone. Uh, I didn't realize that Zoom went ahead and started for us. So I was going to go hit the go live button and we are live anyway. So I am here with an amazing group of experts from around the country, around the world to talk about sourcing tonight. Because right now I feel like there are so many people out there with questions about sourcing. I know Megla's got global sources coming up and we're talking at the summit, at the virtual summit, just about sourcing because it is so prominent right now, because it's so important. Um, there's so many interesting conversations going on right now about sourcing. So I brought together a group of amazing people here and uh, I can't wait to let them introduce themselves to you one at a time here and, um, and just tell you what they're going to be kind of speaking from, from a sourcing perspective here tonight. So I'll start with myself. I am Amy Weiss, host of, co-host of the Seller Roundtable, um, Sellers Podcast and um, founder of Amazing at Home Business Consulting. So I'm excited to be here tonight with all of you. Um, I have some pretty cool friends here that have some great expertise to teach you guys tonight. We've got a lot of people joining in. So why don't we start with Raphael? Raphael, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your expertise in sourcing? Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much, Amy, for having us. Um, hey, everybody. Very nice, very nice meeting you all. Um, so my name is Rafael. I'm the CEO and founder of Unicargo. Um, Unicargo is a freight forwarding company dedicated to e-commerce sellers, entrepreneurs, companies. Um, and we mainly, mainly deal with logistics for Amazon sellers today. Um, obviously, our biggest route is China to the States, um, but we deal with anywhere to anywhere, basically any country to any country. Uh, we deal with ocean freight, air freight, express, um, everything related to shipping, logistics, import regulation around the world and that kind of stuff. And we're going to give our perspective on, on the logistics side of things. Uh, you know, sourcing, um, you have another side of sourcing, production, quality control, and then the logistics. So we're going to give our perspective on the logistics side of things today. And that's it. Happy to be here with you guys. All right, thank you, Rafael. Okay, uh, Megla, you're the next one on my on my screen up here. Would love to have you go next. Hi, so my name is Megla Bhardwaj, and uh, I've been in the sourcing industry for almost 20 years. Uh, I lived in China for a long time, and uh, currently I focus a lot on sourcing from India. So I organize a sourcing trip to India called India Sourcing Trip, and I'm also, as Amy mentioned, organizing a sourcing. Um, summit for global sources, which is going to be a virtual summit. So yeah, I'll be talking mostly about what's going on in India right now, even a little bit of uh, what's happening in China in terms of manufacturers, factories, and sourcing products. Okay, awesome. And uh, we will go next to Norman Farrar. Welcome, Norman. I got to get off mute. <laughs> <laughs> Step one. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Norm. Um, I have a company called uh, Hono Worldwide uh, Sourcing and Logistics Company. I've been involved with uh, sourcing since the mid-90s. Uh, actually started in India. And then uh, uh, actually two, comp uh, two factories we built in um, Taiwan. We have an operating factory in China right now. And uh, yeah, just wonderful world of sourcing for many years. 
Awesome. Welcome, Norm. It's great to have you. And then we have, I'm going to mess it up, <laughs> Afalabi. He is Norm's partner at Honu Worldwide. Afalabi, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, how are you? I'm Afalabi. Uh, you did very well, Amy, with the name, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with ONU Worldwide, myself and Norm. Uh, we've joined forces together, uh, providing uh, sourcing and logistics and other services to help e-commerce e uh, businesses worldwide. And uh, I've been sourcing for more than 20 years now. Uh, we have an office in China and in Hong Kong, and uh, I'm happy to be here. Awesome, great to have you. Thank you for being here. All right, and then we have Miss Margaret Jolly. Margaret. Hello, everyone. I'm uh, Margaret Jolly from down in sunny Australia, but it's freezing cold here today. Um, so look at the moment, I obviously am an Amazon seller. I have my own business consulting, profit improvement business solutions, just helping mainly Amazon sellers now. It used to be other retail and uh, service businesses. And I'm involved in sourcing from India with Megla, a coach on that trip. And I'm at the moment working with her on this virtual um, sort of suppliers day that we're in uh, organizing in the next week. So I've spent a lot of my week talking to suppliers around India and finding out what they're up to at the moment. Uh, we are so glad to have you, Margaret. Thank you so much for joining in. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, Baptiste, my partner in China sourcing, our amazing at home China sourcing trip, amazing in China, Baptiste from Seller Supreme. <laughs> hey, how you doing, Amy? Thank you very much for having me this morning. So yeah, I'm Baptiste and uh, I am an Amazon seller uh, located in Guangzhou, China. Uh, at the moment, actually, I live in Taiwan. I've been relocating with the virus uh, in Taipei, Taiwan. Uh, for the last two and a half months, uh, starting to get old. Um, and yeah, I am uh, co-hosting and organizing the, our China sourcing trip together. So I'm quite new in the sourcing game and probably like compared to uh, all of the other guests, but uh, I'm very active and uh, it's, a, it's a really uh, like a new passion for me. So very interested to be here and participate. All right, and I'm so excited to also have some amazing wholesale uh, experience here tonight. And I'll start that with Miss Tony Ivy from Omega Net Inc. Welcome, Tony. Hi, good to meet you all. Oh, aloha. I happen to live in Kona, Hawaii, my headquarters office. Yay, hello, <laughs> Norm. Um, yes, we have it here too. And so we're, we're homebound here as well. Uh, my headquarters is in Georgia, where we were for 35 years. Uh, I am, um, I've been working with in the wholesale industry uh, for 22 years. Uh, actually, I was in the, I was uh, import distributor, then became a sales rep in the gift and uh, decor industry. Uh, Walk the, I walk the shows every January in Atlanta, Dallas, and Las Vegas. Um, we started doing wholesale ordering websites for manufacturers so buyers can actually place orders online. We started doing this 22 years ago when nobody even thought buyers would ever order from a website. 
We, uh, and now we're here and we're all happy to be online. <laughs> we've got uh, we've got hundreds and hundreds of websites. Uh, this is uh, these are password protected sites where stores have to go. I mean, this is not consumer sites. Um, and this is um, just exploding um, in our industry. It's just a really exciting thing because right now with the with the virus situation, the spring shows have been canceled and several of the summer shows have been canceled or moved to later in the year. So we are just so busy helping our, um, our lines. But also because we have been doing this for so long and the way our system works, a store can sign up in one company and go to any of our other companies and easily copy all their vital data information, shipping address, billing address, sales tax ID, federal ID, and the secret is they have to tell us what kind of store they are. So what we do is a tremendous amount of marketing to stores, all kinds of different kinds of stores. Um, so I can, I, we actually can find out what stores, what types of stores are ordering right now, what all they are ordering right now, and yes, stores are ordering right now. Not as much, um, but especially mm -hmm. toys. Oh my goodness, my toy, my my toy uh, vendors. Uh, yeah, they're they're doing some really good. But people are buying. I mean, uh, stores are ordering um, Easter stuff. They order some Easter stuff. I did. Some well, we are Easter definitely going to get into that, yeah, Tony. So I'm going to stop you there like, because we oh. are going to get into all of those questions. Thank you so much for being and here. I and did. I didn't say my company's name is OmegaNet. Yes. All right. Uh, and then last but not least, we have Mr. Dylan Carter. I think that's the first and last time I will call him Mr. Dylan Carter. <laughs> Mr. sounds super awkward. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my name is Dylan Carter. Um, I was a, a wholesale retail seller. So basically I, I was an Amazon seller who purchased wholesale directly and worked with brands for a number of years, grew that business pretty strong. Um, or, or pretty large, should I say. And the past two or three years, I've been teaching, um, not within courses, but we have a Facebook group, um, teaching sourcing. So how do we actually find products that do well on Amazon, backtrack, get good relationships? Um, and I've been pioneering, so to speak, um, this whole idea that fun fact, all we do is B2B sales and relationships kind of matter. <laughs> um, and now I've transitioned over, we, we run two software companies and that's primary um, for me right now. And I run two podcasts as well. Awesome. So, you know, Dylan, I would love to start with our first question asking you, since you're already on the mic, um, what are you finding that people in the wholesale side of e-commerce sales are sourcing right now? Yeah. I mean, obviously you have your essential items, um, as new ASINs are freeing up, that's starting to help Oddly enough, it's less about what's transition in terms of the sourcing, and it's more about the operational side. Um, so all the people in our groups, all the people we're talking to, all the people that I talk with daily have had to transition their day-to-day -day operations from FBA to merchant fulfilled, relatively speaking, overnight. Um, and that's a big issue. So you can still sell, by the way. Fun fact, you can still sell on Amazon. Um, you're just going to be merchant fulfilled. And so what's interesting and this is completely counterintuitive to what we thought was going to happen, sales are up. If you can make this transition, sales are up. And it kind of makes sense logically, right? As more people are at home 
and cannot go shop, now they're being forced with the the idea that, okay, maybe I need to try this whole online shopping like phase, right? Um, so there's still a lot of people that do not shop online. Fun fact, right? But these people are now having to do so and they're starting to realize this is actually kind of nice. Um, yeah, I don't have two day free shipping at the moment, but I didn't have to leave my house. It came directly to me. This is kind of awesome. And so we're actually seeing volumes being up, not from an FBA standpoint, but certainly from a, a merchant fulfilled standpoint. And what are you seeing from the side of uh, people sourcing wholesale? You primarily source in the U.S., is that correct? Yeah, I, I rarely go outside the U.S. Um, just because of you know lead times and stuff like that. The way we operate is a very high churn business model. So I want inventory to be sold within two weeks of it being checked in. So very high churn rates here. Um, what's interesting is now, yeah, we, we have a slowdown in terms of logistics to a certain degree, of course. Um, but more brands are open. So here's what's interesting. A lot of brands, just like consumers, are starting to have to deal with this catalyst, which is online sales matter, and this is the route we're kind of going. Now, I'm a millennial, so I'm slightly biased here. Um, I work from home, so nothing's really changed for me in quarantine. Um, but what's interesting is more brands are starting to say, okay, we were very strict about this whole, you have to be brick and mortar, and they're starting to open up to the fact that, okay, we can't do brick and mortar sales right now, but online sales are still happening. So it's, it's a pretty binary decision at the moment for brands. We can either start to test this or at least take it seriously or just stay on the path we are on right now, but now you're potentially running the risk of shutting down. Got it. And I would love to ask that same question to Tony, Ms. Tony Ivy, who also primarily her brands are in the United States. Um, Tony, what are your brands? You reached out to a lot of your stores and your brands and um, asked them, hey, what are you trying to sell right now? What is selling right now? What's available? Uh, what do you need to, you know, how has this affected them and, and what do they have available right now uh, from a U.S. wholesaler perspective? Yes, I was able to reach out to uh, quite a few of them. Uh, some of them had never really sold uh, other than directly to brick and mortar stores like Dylan was saying. Um, and so I got a list of them that said, yes, we're sitting on $100,000 worth of merchandise that was supposed to be shipped this spring. A lot of them took thousands and thousands of dollars worth of orders in January and they can't deliver and they're sitting on product. Um, some candles, um, plush, um, jewelry, uh, even some candy. Um, uh, I've got quite, quite a list of those that said, yes, we don't usually sell, but we will now because they're sitting on all this stuff and they've got to turn it. Um, and are they able to reach um, online vendors like Amazon sellers, or they, do they know how to reach um, the online vendors that could really help them move their, their product? They really, a lot of them have Amazon accounts. Um, a lot of them are nervous about, because they get contacted a lot, but they don't know how to trust. And so when I mentioned to them that I'd like to connect them with some people, um, I said, listen, I will only send you to people that are 
top-notch professional and trained and they know what they're doing because you've got to know what you're doing. And that's what I tell them. I said, you can't just, just because you get an email, you can't, you don't know these people. So uh, many of them, many of them were very open to hearing from resellers right now. Awesome. Thank you for that. I think it's, it's really interesting for people to think about, you know, we so often source from overseas, but right now, when there's opportunities for us to be able to source from right here in the US and to maybe even complement our brands with some other brands uh, in our online stores, it's really it's helpful to know that these brands are, are more open to this now uh, that may have primarily stuck with brick and mortar. So, um, you know, you guys heard it here. If you're looking to source in the United States, uh, don't be afraid to reach out to those brands selling wholesale, study the wholesale market, um, you know, get with Tony Ivy, get with Dylan Carter and, uh, and learn some more about that. So I'm going to ask uh, Megla and Margaret next from an India perspective, what kinds of things are people sourcing now from India? I'll go first and then Margaret can add a bit more detail because she's been talking to a lot of suppliers recently. So the situation in India currently is that um, there is a lockdown. There's a complete lockdown. Um, so factories are in fact not open. Factories are not functioning as of now. Logistics is also not fully functional, although they are going to start opening up the ports a little bit uh, starting from next week. So as of now, manufacturing is really at a standstill. However, suppliers are still working from home. You know, a lot of the factories in India are small, smaller scale, mid-sized kind of, uh, you know, family run businesses. And so, you know, the owners and managers of the factories are still running, uh, are still operating from home and they are contactable and reachable to people who are looking for, um, you know, product development. And that's exactly what's happening right now. You know, people are starting to think about Christmas because um, uh, Christmas sourcing is really huge from India. So a lot of buyers that I've been talking to, you know, they have contacted their suppliers. They have, um, they're starting to think about what should we do for Christmas? Because now's the time to start thinking about that. Because if we delay any further, then we're going to be, you know, late for, and I, I think that with everything that's going on, I mean, Christmas is still going to be big. I mean, people are still going to buy gifts. In fact, maybe people have more money during this, uh, you know, this holiday season because they haven't spent on travel. They've saved up a lot of money. Um, of course, we, we won't really know until we are there. But um, yeah, I mean, that's what's going on in India right now. And Margaret can probably add a little bit more because she's been actually talking to a lot of suppliers for the virtual sourcing show that we are working on. Yes, no, look, well, I've spoken to oh, quite a few, some around Delhi, some from Moribadad. Um, Moribadad's under lockdown now, I think, until the 2nd of May, as is Delhi for um, any sort of one going into their factories. But oh, we were speaking to someone yesterday from Pan, Pan Pat, is that correct? Megla, can you, is that correct pronunciation? Yeah, Pani, but <laughs> it's a smaller uh, city. And, and yeah, they're very small and they're actually allowed to start back at work next Monday. So their factory will be going back into production then. So I think there's probably some more little places around India that can start and get moving. But 
Um, our supply, one of the suppliers I've met to, and a couple of them are going back to look for us because they are like America had, um, you know, orders placed for retail bricks and mortar in America and they've been cancelled. So they're sitting on a lot of stock in their warehouses. So we have suggested to them if they want to get some of those um, together in like a bit of a catalogue that they can show people and first in best dressed, if somebody wants to take those, they would then be first out of the port because obviously anyone who's coming now um, to talk to these suppliers after we sort of show them the products, it's going to be a, an eight or 10 week process. Um, India is usually a little bit slower on the manufacturing side than China because it's not so much mass produced. So it's usually eight to 10 weeks. Um, so that would give you, if you were looking for some product to get straight in to Amazon, you'd be you're like, you know, only the month's shipping away. So um, I think that's probably something that, you know, it might help people who are just looking for something um, in maybe most of its home decor of those people. Um, so it might get some people with some stock a lot quicker because if you, I think the important thing is now that people have really got to move and make um, a commitment to a product. It might not be the time to try and completely start custom designing something um, to get it in if you want it in for Christmas because of the time frame. And we are a little bit uncertain. I mean, I imagine Amazon is going to be chaotic with shipping from now on because there's such, such a backlog. So there's no guarantee that it's going to land in, you know, America and be in Amazon in a week. It could take a lot longer. So I think we've just got to be careful with the time frames. Yeah, I, I think that that is a really good point from, um, from both Megla and uh, Margaret in terms of thinking about Christmas. I think some people maybe feel frozen right now and they're not really sure uh, how to move forward, but so people's sales are up. As Dylan mentioned, people's sales are up. My sales are up 8% from last year. Stuff that wasn't selling before is selling now. Stuff that I have like old inventory that's been sitting in my warehouse forever is now selling on multiple platforms. So it seems like a lot of brands are running out of stock. And so now is not the time to sit and, and not move forward with your brand. I love how you guys mentioned think forward into Christmas. Christmas is still happening. All these holidays upcoming are still happening. Yes, there have been some holidays affected by coronavirus, but in the future, people are gonna wanna get outside. They're going to wanna celebrate. They're gonna wanna put up their, I mean, our neighborhood's full of Christmas lights right now, you know, just because they're doing the whole, you know, coronavirus um, thing to kind of try to light up the neighborhood. But, um, but anyway, I love that you guys mentioned that and Margaret, how you were talking about choose a product. You might not want to get into development right now, maybe save your, your heavy development for later. And for now, make sure that your stores are stocked. I want to turn it over to, um, to the China crew, to the Asia and China crew. Any one of you that are here, Raphael or Norman or, um, or Afalabi, or even um, uh, we have uh, Baptiste here as well. Uh, what are people sourcing from China right now and what's going on in China right now with sourcing? Um, yeah, so basically China is completely back to work now. You know, remember the, the whole COVID-19, the whole coronavirus started in the Chinese New Year around January. Um, Today we see China back back on track, like full time. Ninety five percent of the factories we speak with are operational, like and have over ninety percent production capacity. So they're 
Um, they're, they're, you know, Chinese people coping with the virus is pretty amazing how fast they got over it. Um, and to be honest, I wish many of the other countries would be able to cope the same way. Um, but um, so things in China are back on track, but there is a heavy, heavy, heavy backlog of the logistics side of things, the supply chain and, and moving your products. Now, remember that all of the most of the cargo that goes by air are moving on passenger airline and people are not flying anymore around the world. So there are just no flights out or in out of China, uh, passenger flights and uh, um, prices, air freight prices are skyrocketing and they are through the roof. It's, it's the highest I've ever seen in my career. I've been dealing with logistics for, I would say over 15 years now. And every industry expert that I speak with, that's, he's never seen that before. So if you can try to avoid shipping by air, um, most of the goods by air moved from passenger airline, which, and what we call the regular air freight industry, moved to Air Express, DHL, FedEx, uh, UPS. These companies are, they, they just can't cope with the overload that they are seeing. Um, I've been speaking to, you know, we, we, we work with FedEx, we work with DHL, we have multiple accounts, we have worldwide um, accounts. I've been speaking to headquarters actually today, um, both FedEx and US, both FedEx in the States and DHL in Germany. And they are reporting they have a backlog of about 150 flights. You know, there, there are cargo sitting at the, on the floor in China. And the line, a queue of about 100 to 150 flights just to get your cargo on a plane. Um, and what we see as instead of a two to, four, two to four days service by express company, it's now become two weeks service. Um, so it's a, it's a major headache to move products by air. Um, ocean freight on the other side is not really that affected. Prices are pretty much stable and the service is still pretty good. Um, you know, it's funny, everybody's been discussing about um, increase in sales, and that's exactly what we see as well. You know, two or three weeks ago, where, you know, Amazon just stated they're going to stop, you know, receiving uh, non-essential products. And me and all of the other service provider I've been speaking with, we were preparing for, you know, for a, a major shutdown, like a major decrease in activity, in, in, in incoming, um, you know, clients. And... What we see today is actually the contrary. We have we are backlog with orders, and we see a major increase in in people ordering new products, ordering stock, um, sourcing new products actually, um, and yeah, pretty much. So what, uh, what kind of um, what about you? Uh, I know Norman's in the in both the um, the advertising side of things for products as well as um, as the China sourcing side of things what are Norman what are you and Alf, <laughs> Alfalabi seeing uh, I'm gonna mess up that name like it's a great name I love it um, what are you guys seeing in terms of things that people are sourcing what new are there any new product launches going on right now and um, and you know what are new things that people are interested in sourcing well one of the things, really bizarre, but it's home improvement. 
So little things, and it could be brown bag products. Like uh, one of the products we sell is chair glides. And so, okay, you've got that unlevel chair. All of a sudden people are starting to buy these things because they're in the house and it's driving them nuts. And, you know, so that's one thing, but products that are inside the house, but I would put my money on looking into travel products because when people, when this thing starts to go, I don't know about cruises, but when this thing lifts, people are definitely want to you know, get outside and do things and travel. And one of my other products, unfortunately, is a travel pillow. So um, I'm getting hit on that side, <laughs> but I'm waiting. I'm hedging my bet that, you know, that'll start to go again. Um, other things, uh, pets, people are buying premium pet products. So, you know, going out there and getting that really great dog bed or those, you know, training snack things that throw training, or, you know, just anything to do with your pets. People love their pets. They pamper their pets and they're spending a lot more time with their pets at home right now. And let me see one of the other, what was one of the other ones I, I marked down? Oh, um, this was actually, we was talking to Alf Lobby just before we got on and he hit a home run. He says, if I was going to get into a category, it would be maternity. And I just, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there are some thoughts about baby becoming a very big category yes. coming up here. Exactly. I, that's, I mean, yeah, there's some, some hedge bets there. So the thing is, it sounds like sourcing from China, from what Raphael said, and um, it sounds like all of these things that people are buying right now, it sounds like it's not that hard to get them, even from China and probably not from the US either. Um, what do you guys think about that? Is it hard to get these things? If you wanted to, let's say you wanted to get into a baby product right now, or, <laughs> you know, is it is it hard to get these things? I know we have some restrictions. So this brings us to the restrictions and limitations. If I wanted to get something right now, if I, if I ran out of a product and I wanted to resource and I don't have sort, I don't have a source for it in the U.S. Um, or I need to look in the U.S. for a source uh, from any of our experts, I will uh, I'll put us back to the Brady Bunch view, and I would love to hear from anyone in terms of how fast are people able to get stuff here. I mean, obviously, air freight is is not happening. Sea freight is a couple of weeks, right? But in India right now, we have some restrictions on being able to get anything out of there right now. But if I wanted to get something in 30 days from any place, would I be able to get it? Yeah, I can jump in from the US side. I mean, right now, things are fine. And the only reason why on the supply side, things are fine is because brick and mortar stores are, are less on, this, on the buying side, right? They, they can't sell. So now are they placing orders for future? Of course, but these are going to be post-dated typically. Um, these are not like your everyday items that are going to have high churn rates. So what we, what, at least what I'm seeing is a reallocation of that supply. Now, the issue with that is depending on how long this continues, that supply is going to go out. Either way, this is just my you know, perspective on things. And I, I don't have a ton of experience on the, the overseas side. Um, so I'd love to hear from the other guests on that. I would imagine, even if we cut it close on the US-based supply side, because of the lag time overseas, we're going to hit some kind of stock out. I would imagine we would, 
whether even if it's only a short period of time, but I would imagine we, we certainly would. And what about from the India side? How soon do you think, I know, Margaret, you mentioned um, maybe like eight to 10 weeks, you think we'd be able to get something from the India side? How, what are our restrictions on getting things in? Well, I think the problem's going to be, I, well, with the ready-to-made, the things that some of the suppliers have got ready-to-made that if they could just probably just be rebranded in a different package and sent, um, provided the ports, well, the port, we just don't know, um, obviously, the 2nd of May at the moment, and then moving forward, um, it would be if they were virtually ready to leave by mid-May, it's going to be probably... I would say minimum of four weeks before it hits the ports in the US because it's like three week turnaround if you go to the east coast plus a week, you know, port. Got it. So, so for yeah. your India products, as Megla mentioned, it's probably good to start planning for some of those handcrafted things like for Christmas season, getting those in now, getting them in at the start of Q4, um, that going. What about China? Uh, I know you mentioned, Raphael, that, you know, it, the, it's right now air freight's a a mess. If I'm out of stock and I need to get something in ASAP, um, what what are my options from China? Well, basically, your option is either to pay a lot of money for air freight, and it's still gonna be much slower than the than it used to be. Um, or you know, there are some services where what we call the fast ocean service, where we put cargo on a shipping line called Matson, which arrives in about. 14 13 14 15 days from you know, from china to the lot to, to the west coast to los angeles and from there we deconsolidate those containers and have ups ground and fedex ground to distribute and that's basically give us a transit time of i would say 17 to 22 days from departure to delivery and that's pretty sweet for ocean yeah right Re yeah, usual ocean bad. services Usual ocean services, let's say for, to the east coast, China to east coast, you're looking at 40, 42 days with all the, the unloading, uh, deconsolidation de of containers, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that might cut transit time by and ocean. And what are the prices that. as compared to just normal ocean freight to this fast ocean freight? All right. That's that's pretty good question. So. The rates are higher because um, obviously instead of having a truck delivering your goods in the States, you know, the last mile, you do the last mile with a, with a domestic, uh, you know, uh, uh, small parcel carrier. Um, so I would say let's let's talk about air and then go to the ocean. Usual air freight, you know, before during before COVID-19, you're looking at three, four dollars a kilo for just a regular air freight leg, leg airport to airport today. Basically, it's not about the price; it's about the space. Who has the space? But if you if you want to if you have just you do want a, a ballpark figure, you're looking at about twelve, thirteen, fourteen dollars a kilo. That's like four times higher than the usual Air Express carriers. You go the normal rate would be five to six dollars a kilo. Today we see that the selling rate in China is about eight to nine, sometimes ten dollars a kilo for express, and that's again transit time is double and triple the usual transit times. Ocean, the rates by ocean are not that affected. All right, changes by ocean rates are changing by ocean every two weeks, um, twice a month basically. The rates, as far as the prices, have not come up, gone up pretty bad. That's pretty normal. Um, the difference between the faster ocean service to the regular ocean service, 
and that that's really really depends on the volume and weight you you have but that, that's kind of an interesting product because it's been priced the faster ocean service is priced by the kilo instead of by the volume all right usual uh, usual ocean freight are charged by volume how 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 volumetric your cargo is but the faster ocean service because the last mile is being done with a domestic um, small parcel delivery carrier. Uh, it's being priced by the kilo. Um, you're looking at between between 90 cents a kilo to $2 a kilo. It depends how big is your order, what's the final destination of it. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's, that's roughly at that. Um, if, you have a if you have heavy products, um, that's going to be expensive to move. Right. Uh, but if your if your products are volumetric, if they're you know, like bulky and not that heavy, that 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 should be fine. Well, I think uh, I think that those give that gives us some really good ideas about some options that people have right now. I mean, obviously, air freight is probably not the right way to go. Um, we have some questions out out here. Um, Susan asks, when products start to move per shipping, how long will it take to catch up? Say, if it started in June. Will the backlog be a month or longer? I think what Susan is is t referring to is probably the air freight, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the only thing with a backlog right now. Is there a backlog on anything else in terms of of, um, well, of logistics besides air freight? Well, the, the major, major backlog is air freight. Again, ocean freight is not as backlog as we thought it will be. Um, so ocean freight is just fine. Everything works regularly. Uh, we were afraid about the U.S. side of, you know, things are going to shut down and stuff, but that never happened. Happily, that never happened. Um, uh, we were, uh, we are good on that. I would say air freight, as <laughs> the backlog will last, until people will start flying again, until airlines will right. go back to normal. And I don't think that's going to happen in June. Um, right. That will take, from my perspective, that will take at least, at least until we will find a cure to this whole situation, right? Uh, right. By, by the, before we find a cure, people are not going to fly. Airlines are not going to get back on track there will think, be still major backlog. I think that there. goes from sourcing from anywhere, you know, anywhere in Asia, anywhere in India. Yep. I mean, that, that's, yep. that's the bottom line. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, Mohammed Kasim wants to know, what is the best place to check for manufacturers in the U.S.? Are they operating considering the current situation? So I don't know if Dylan or Tony, you, wanna, you want to answer that question about how do you find manufacturers in the U.S. that have products to sell you wholesale? Sure. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, you're not going to know their volumes up front, obviously. <laughs> you're not going to know stock volumes, um, face value publicly. So the, the way I approach sourcing personally, um, I like to go direct to brands. So when we say manufacturers, I think it's important to, to actually like distill what that is um, because there's, there's different guests on here where the term manufacturer is actually used correctly. <laughs> In the wholesale world, we use the term manufacturer. All we mean is the brand or a distributor, right? Um, the way I do it, which is super unsexy, so to speak, is honestly, I'm Googling <laughs> the brand name and I'm calling the brand directly. Um, I think it's very easy being an Amazon seller to want to stay behind emails and to take quote unquote, the easy route. What you need to do is get really comfortable in the things that seem very uncomfortable, such as calling a supplier on the phone um, and have a frank conversation with them. Listen, um, I'm an e-commerce business owner. I happen to sell on Amazon. Here's what I'm looking to do. 
I understand what's happening at the moment. One, do you guys even have volume, you know, here locally in the States that can sustain sales? Um, and two, obviously go into opening the relationship together, but you're not going to know unless you call. That's really the best route to go. And Tony, what, what do you, you say about, you know, you've got um, these 200,000 different brands and stores. What do you say about people wanting to contact U.S.-based brands and manufacturers um, to buy things wholesale? Well, um, the majority of my brands or the brands that I work with uh, are importers. Uh, we probably have 25 to 30% that are U.S. made and so I've reached out to a, a lot of our clients to find out who is actually shipping right now. And a lot of people are, uh, they may not be U.S. made, but they have a good supply here, you know. And so one girl today sent me their inventory and say, here's my inventory. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, so uh, we actually sent a newsletter out to uh, a lot of stores today to say these are the brands that are currently uh, willing to drop ship. Or these are, you know, and then we have a list of, of the ones that are, but Dylan's right, um, contacting them now. You can contact, you know, uh, there's different ways that you could contact them. Uh, some of the marts have a very good, um, good database that you could just, you know, search and find their phone numbers and everything. Uh, we've got a few sites, uh, giftswholesale.com is one that you can easily go to their website and find out if they're shipping right now or ordering with their contact information. Um, because a lot of times when you Google wholesalers, they're not really wholesalers, they're just discounters. And so that's why we set up uh, giftswholesale.com. These are really, you know, wholesalers that, that do stock and inventory. Uh, most of them have a good inventory, even though what, those that are importers that are bringing in stuff to their warehouses, at least the ones I've communicated over the last few days, they have good inventory and they're ready to sell. All right. Thank you, Tony, for that input. Um, I agree. Just give them a call and uh, giftswholesale.com is a really great way to check out some of those as well. Um, hey, I just wanted to uh, uh, jump in and, and just add a little uh thing uh, to the debate which i think is important and i haven't heard so far um and that is the the supply chain are being disrupted all over the all across the board and and not just the the, the shipping shipping is a big one and i think that's uh, a major key that gives the pulse um but you know in terms of uh factory i work with a lot of manufacturers in china and uh if it's true most of them are back to work and and reopen and the workforce um is back at work uh the the engineering the the experience of that workforce is not exactly uh at full capacity and, and their production is not at full capacity yet uh another thing is uh because of the amount of orders uh to be expected in the coming weeks or months, there's going to be a bottleneck effect, just as there is in the ports to ship uh, cargoes. Uh, and that's going to have an impact on quality control. 
and uh, the price also because uh, all these raw materials they need to order all at once uh, is going to be driven by cash and if those companies don't don't have the the cash necessary to start producing you know a lot of these company manufacturers will not um, they work with very slow margin will very low margins and they will not be surviving this sort of ordeal unfortunately and, and that leads me to believe that there's also going to be a, a possible shift in the negotiation uh, terms, you know, and uh, again, I, I will say it, cash will be king uh, over the next few months past Christmas into uh, 2021. Uh, that's why what, what I would ad advise or suggest to anyone is to not just source in your regular um, uh, regular ways that you would do uh, before the, the crisis, before this COVID-19, uh, and really try to leverage all strategies across the board. Um, maybe have some products that have a very fast returning, um, you know, cash flow, uh, driven cash flow product for your uh, inventory so that you can can flip that inventory and, and reinvest very soon. Uh, yeah, I think cash flow is going to be the, the big thing in 2021. And, and uh, that's why I wanted to, uh, to jump in and, and comment about this. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Baptiste. Um, it makes sense. Uh, as far as some restrictions, we've talked about limitations in freight, but what about customs control? Um, somebody asked in the audience, are there any, uh, is customs control tighter because of the pandemic? I know right now, if you're coming from China, I don't want to get into the masks and PPE conversation because that's that could be a whole nother show, right? But um, I, I definitely know there's some some restrictions on, on medical stuff, but uh, is outside of medical stuff, does anyone know of any um, other customs restrictions? Are they checking everything extra carefully right now? Has there been any customs delays simply because, hey, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now and, and um, things are being checked, checked extra? Is that something people need to be concerned about when they're importing? Is that there's going to be significant delays in customs? I'll open it up to the group for anyone who would like to answer. Let's, uh, I'll give my take on that um, really, really briefly because that's very interesting. That's a very good question, by the way. Um, at Unicago, we ship, I would say, over 3,000, 4,000 shipments a month for Amazon sellers, uh, mainly to the States. To be honest, I don't see any change from regular times from customs perspective. There are no extra checks, even though you would assume they will double check everything. There are no extra checks. Everything is normal. That's the situation we are facing. Nothing is restricted like more than usual. You know, medical devices, they have their import regulation. You got to comply with your import regulation anyhow, no matter where, no matter if it's with the corona or without the coronavirus, medical devices has their own uh, import regulation being compliant, compliant with FDA and stuff. The COVID products, actually, they've been given a lot of relief and a lot of ex exclusions and exemptions just to get people importing them because the government knew they need them, uh, like masks and stuff. I know, you, you know, you said you want to, you don't want to get into it, but it's actually, it's been easier. It's getting easier to import uh, PPE products than, um, than, than usual times. So it's even the, the, the kind of the contrary. Um, we don't see any uh, um, 
restrictions or delays, major delays, just usual. That's that's our take on that. All right, thank you, Rafael. So I would like to ask the group, um, what do we think is going to change about sourcing post COVID? So I know, you know, a lot of our sales are up, things are, are flying. Uh, when we went to global sources and we studied the, the trends in the marketplace, you know, we saw the fashion trends and we saw the, the homeware trends. Um, do we think that there will be changes? I know uh, <laughs> Norman and Afalabi brought up the, the baby, the baby trends, but what do you guys think? And I'm just going to put this out there for the group, um, for whoever would like to answer first. What do you think is going to change? What are your predictions? What kind of things do you think people are going to be buying and people are going to be sourcing um, in the future, in the rest of 2020? And do you think anything will change from um, from what there what was predicted before? How long do we have? <laughs> Five years. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Um... No, I mean, I, I like to speak to that from like a logistics supply chain standpoint, less so on the products, because the products are the products. Um, what's interesting to me is we're in a unique situation where, all right, I'm, I'm the millennial nerdy guy on the, on the call tonight, so I'll, I'll take that stereotype. Um, there's, there's a catalyst that's happening right now where a lot of companies have had to be forced into a new business operational situation, right? Zoom matters now, being remote matters now. Um, being inefficient doesn't work anymore. There's still a lot of, of industries, logistics being one to a certain degree, obviously not across the board, where there's a lot of innovation to be had and there's a lot of inefficiencies to kind of shore up. And so I think we're seeing a lot of companies that are struggling because to be frank, a lot of them have not had the need to innovate or have to shore up any inefficiencies. And so I think we're seeing a lot of situations, especially from the wholesale side where from what I'm seeing, and we've got probably around 11,000 people um, in, our, in our audience that, that we work with, um, the vast majority of them across the board are starting to see, like we talked about earlier, more brands directly wanting to work with Amazon sellers. And so we're starting to see the, the wholesaler, the distributor model begin to phase out. I think it's going to take 10 to 20 years but I'm starting to see that more and more where brands are saying, do we really need to do this? Some Amazon sellers can actually purchase that high volume. We can make this a win-win. And so that's one little example, but I'm sure across the board, across the supply chain, these conversations are happening now. And you're, you're going to have a lot of interesting questions being asked across those supply chain links that are really going to change. I mean, there's going to be a lot of innovation. I'm very optimistic about it because there's going to be a lot of innovation coming, a lot of technology that's going to be deployed that's going to make logistics super, super efficient. Love that. Yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting observation and could perhaps come true. Who's next? Well, I've got a, a couple of ideas uh, that's going to happen, and it's probably working closer with a sourcing agent because Alpha Lobby and I were talking uh, today about this. We're seeing that because of the Chinese economy kind of just going crazy right now, people are going over. And especially when the, the new e-com sellers get on, they're going to swamp the market. They might go to a supplier that's 
just holding on for dear life and then you lose your money. So I think you have to go and you have to try to find um, different ways, either through a, a sourcing agent or, you know, dealing in an escrow account or something like that. The other thing that I think is going to change dramatically is your inventory strategy. So the way things are going, we don't know what the bottleneck's going to be, but what we're, what we're telling our clients anyway, is if you are an, a, a, um, an FBA seller, order, let's, let's say 2000 units, get a thousand units, get it into FBA and then, or take a thousand units, put 500 into FBA, 500 into your 3PL, because if you do need to change very quickly, you can. However, you can get those, you're not going to get the long-term storage, which that's kind of standard right now. But if you do need to get them over, you can easily. But that other half, it's really easy right now to negotiate better terms and better cash flow solutions with your Chinese suppliers. They're hungry. And you, for example, that 2,000 units, 1,000 going over to the States, negotiate that you don't pay for the other one, just put it into inventory and you'll draw on that after the other one, well, when you have the proper lead time and you can just bring it over. And then when that happens, you get them to put on another thousand units. And after that first cycle, that first 3000 units goes, then you're gonna have a really simple inventory strategy that will keep you um, either in FBA or FBM very easily. And I think people aren't doing that right now. And uh, you know, that's gonna be something new in the future. And it's, it's, if you haven't talked to your suppliers, talk to your suppliers, because they're, now is the best time to probably negotiate than ever. I wanna yeah. comment on that, because that's, that's amazing. I've never considered almost having like a merchant fulfilled buffer, because that's a good point, right? You can always convert it over if you need to, but it's a good kind of hedge. That's awesome. So just want to say that's really cool. I've never heard that. That's, that's insane. Thanks. I think another thing that we're going to see is uh, a lot of innovation happening in terms of virtual trade shows. You know, Canton Fair has already announced they're going to do an online show. Global Sources is thinking of that too. And they're actually partnering with technology companies. So it'll be very interesting to see how that pans out. And then in India, the Export Promotion Council for Handicrafts that organizes the Delhi Fair they are planning to do something. The Carpet Promotion Council, they are also doing something. In fact, uh, the Export Promotion Council for Handicrafts has already started doing some webinars uh, and which they were not doing in the past at all. So I think all of this has really forced these physical trade show companies to you know, take a look at what technologies are available to bring their trade shows online. And of course, you know, Mark and I are working on our own uh, online sourcing show. We're trying to replicate the experience that people have at a trade show talking to suppliers. And so we'll be actually doing live webinars with suppliers where they'll be showing their products. They will be engaging with the audience. People will be able to ask questions. So I think we should keep an eye on what you know, some of the bigger trade shows are gonna be doing in the future in terms of online virtual trade shows. Uh, I think that's such an important note, Megla, because I think also all of these trade shows like the Canton, they're doing this virtual thing for the very first time. Yeah. And I think it's going to help them realize more possibilities because now they're going to be able to get more people to visit their trade shows. But it's also might be a little bit rickety in the beginning, right? As you know, yes. trying <laughs> to make things work. Um, 
But I, I think that is such a cool opportunity. I know I've, I've watched some of your interviews with, um, in, with suppliers from India before, and it's so interesting to, I think more suppliers will also be open to having these virtual meetings. Um, I know I'm pairing with a, um, a really cool uh, nonprofit that's in Asia and they have some really great manufacturers of unique products. And we were gonna do some webinars. They also are gonna do a virtual summit this year where they usually do one in person. So I think that that is a really interesting note. And uh, even Tony Ivy with OmegaNet, she is doing um, some videos for, I'm one of her wholesale suppliers. I sell my products wholesale and, um, she's doing some really cool videos where they're doing kind of like a, an online trade show showing off different manufacturers stuff. We're um, actually, uh, we're actually launching it on the 23rd next week. It's, um, it's at giftshowspecials.com where we have a couple of dozen uh, clients that have sent in videos just like you were coming we're calling it the virtual spring trade show because all the all the trade shows were canceled so it's uh so yeah, people every day send in more videos and uh, so you can actually see a lot of the products awesome i i love that observation what else do we think about sourcing in the future anyone else want to comment on how it will change well amy um just as uh, Norman said and Charles, uh, I just want to add a little bit to that. Um, so many people probably don't realize that uh, a lot of factories uh, are not recovering from this uh, problem, this pandemic uh, uh, problem. So uh, what happens is that they've been laying off some of their staff uh, at the factory or sales sales reps. So we're going to see a lot of uh, uh, influx of uh, so-called uh, suppliers uh, jumping into trading platform, I mean, jumping into the sourcing platform, posing as if they are really the factory, but they're going to be just. Uh, either a trading company or uh, 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 some some of these uh, um, uh, employees of uh, factories that were laid off during during this time, they're going to jump into the business by themselves, trying to say that they're suppliers, but they're really not. So uh, a lot of people might fall victim of these new uh, suppliers popping up on trade on sourcing platforms. Uh, so that's one thing to be careful uh, of because uh, you have to peel the layers to really, really get to who the real factory and suppliers are. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think it's interesting. I already noted that before, you know, especially with Alibaba, you you could be talking to a 10-year gold supplier, but it's actually just a guy in his apartment <laughs> sourcing stuff from various factories. Um so I, but I, did, but I hadn't thought about the influx of, you know, a lot more of these, you know, suppliers popping up with the growth of online trade shows and the growth of online sourcing. Uh, it does provide a lot more opportunities for imposters, I guess you could say. So do you have, Afalabi, do you have any recommendations 
for those that might wonder if they're actually talking to a real factory or a real supplier? Well, uh, it's this is the how my advice should be to really work with uh, a sourcing company that really knows what they're doing uh, because it's so hard to find who the real supplier is and it's going to get harder this time uh, because of the new the newbies coming in so my advice would be to really really talk to uh, a, a sourcing agent or company whatever you want to call them that really really knows how to uh, uh, peel the layers and you know one of the things we do is that you know uh, Many, many people, you know, tell me, you know, they tell me and Norman that uh, how come, you know, your sourcing takes a little longer before you do. And uh, the basic answer is we, we, we spend time to really peel off uh, layers. And that would be my advice to order, you know, whoever, whoever is doing sourcing for you uh, to really, really dig deep and peel off the layers till you get to that main factory doing something. If not, you're going to fall victim uh, of all these uh, imposters. Yeah, I would agree if you don't have somebody that you can trust on the ground in China or you can't source yourself, you definitely need to find someone that you can trust or you need to utilize a factory audit. So, you know, using an inspection service to actually go and do a factory audit so that they can make sure that that factory actually exists, that they are who they say they are. I know, you know, exactly. I have my attorney look them up in the, in, you know, the China registration makes sure they're good to go. But yeah, I think that that is a really good thing to note. Also, what do you guys think? Do you think that our, I think that our online, there will be so many more people now selling online, like even more so than what was previous, right? Because we are now, um, we are now really the ones still benefiting and still making money during this crisis, right? During this pandemic, um, we are, many of our businesses, our sales are up and we're thriving right now. And so, you know, there's a lot of millionaires being made during this um, and our millionaires are becoming billionaires during this. And it's because we're providing the supplies and, and the things that people need right now. So I think there's also going to be an influx of people moving online. I think a lot of these brick and mortars are gonna be moving online. I think a lot of people are going to realize, man, I don't like my job and it wasn't that great anyway. And they're gonna get into online opportunities. Um, so we are also going to be experiencing an influx of new business owners in our community. What do you guys think about that? But, but Amy, your greatest, uh, the greatest threat is your supplier being your competitor. That's going to happen. It's already happening and uh, it's going to continue to happen uh, whereby you're competing with your supplier, your factory. And, uh, you know, uh, that also makes it important for you to really, really get the same price that a Chinese locals are getting. If not, you will not be able to compete, you know, because the suppliers are saying, okay, I'm going to sell it to you for a dollar, 
Are you going to end up selling it on Amazon for 10 bucks? You know what? I'm going to go compete too. And they know your brand. They know how much volumes you're moving. Uh, nothing stops them to want to come and compete. And, uh, uh, and if, especially if they trademark your name, then it's more trouble. Uh, then they, they have you know, some sort of control over you uh, from exporting out of China because they've trademarked your name. I mean, we get all these cases all the time yeah. uh, whereby you know, this trademark war is going on. And uh, our advice to people is, is always, you know, all our clients, we've uh, trademarked all their, uh, we're trademarking like crazy now because it's, it's a war and the battle is going to get bigger uh, with, your, with, with your Chinese factory competing against you. Well, and it's and that's why it's really important to diversify your channels as well, and to make sure that you know, no matter where you source from, and I think everyone will agree with this, no matter where you source from, whether it's India, Taiwan, anywhere in Asia or the US, you need to make sure that you're taking the proper precautions to protect your IP. You need to make sure that you're following the laws of that country. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't source from China without following China's rules. You know, I'm not going to go to China and use an American NDA in English and expect, you know, that manufacturer to take me seriously, right? So we need to be smart and we need to not cut corners and we need to take our businesses seriously and make sure that no matter where we're sourcing from, um, I love that you guys are, you know, with Honu Worldwide, you guys are really, you know, taking the time to vet suppliers in China and, and uh, help your clients with that. Um, but this is, that's a good warning off lobby. I don't, I don't want to get too far into the conversation of, you know, of like all the things you could run into in China, definitely. Um, but I do, I do appreciate and I want people to be aware that no matter where they source from, you need to make sure that, especially now with the new flood <laughs> of sellers and manufacturers and supposed manufacturers, that you are taking your business seriously, that you're taking your IP seriously, and that you're not cutting those corners. Amy, one thing I just wanted to, to touch on, you can compete against um, that lowball Chinese manufacturer too. And we have to keep in mind, especially with a lot of new people coming in, it's all about perceived value and perceived value is quality images, optimize. We always hear about optimizing your, your listing, but do the Brady bunch, just test it out, put your product in the middle and throw it out to, you know, pick or, you know, usability hub. And if you don't win, you better go back to the drawing board and take a better picture or have a better title. And with that, you can easily charge more for your product. So, you know, it's something that you've got to really, you know, sourcing is one thing, but the way that it's perceived is a whole other thing. Yes, it just starts. Sourcing is you just really sourcing is the end, right? The, the beginning is the plan and planning out your branding and making sure you're properly developing your products and you're protecting your business and all those things. And then you source <laughs> and then you launch and you make sure you're actually telling people about your product. Um, using great services like PR Reach and, um, and that you're presenting that well. Very good point. Anybody else want to throw something in before we wrap it up today? Um, I would love to, to know if anyone is asking specific questions in your communities that we haven't covered on tonight's call that you'd want to throw in an answer to. 
Just something yeah, interesting. Oh, yeah, Sorry, the news in Australia this morning. Kmart, our big chain stores, which you have very similar to, are closing a lot of our stores at the moment temporarily, they're saying, and turning them into distribution warehouses because there is just so much online shopping on Kmart. So there's going to be a big switch. So I'd say here we could even lose some of our bigger chain stores, not only these small little men are down the track because if it's going to be more economical for them to do that, um, they'll probably chop out some of their stores, which is interesting. Yeah, perhaps. I, I think that um, it is interesting to see, it will be interesting to see what the future of brick and mortar becomes when, you know, some of these, I think about Walmart, right? Walmart has cut their hours in so many stores and I'm wondering during this, this pandemic, if it's really affecting them all that much and if, um, if that will change the way that they operate in the future, will be really interesting. And Dylan, did you have something you wanted to throw in there? Yeah, I was just going to say it's, you know, in terms of the changes from a, a competition landscape, um, being an Amazon seller, I, I think one, what just happened is a lot of sellers that did not take their businesses seriously just shut their doors so the low level competition is now gone we i just watched it happen <laughs> on the flip side of that we we do like you were mentioning amy have more people asking questions about okay i just lost my job what should i do and they're realizing okay maybe my job's not as stable as i thought it was maybe starting my own businesses just the same amount of risk. Okay, well, let's go ahead and consider something. There's so much information being shared about being an Amazon seller that it's a very enticing thing. My mom called me yesterday. I was like, I think I'm gonna do retail arbitrage when it all comes back to back to norm. Um, so yeah, I think we're gonna have a huge influx of new sellers. But between that time, there's so much opportunity at the moment because you have so many Amazon sellers that were barely hanging on that just dropped out. And these are wholesale accounts, brands, whatever, that are now easy to acquire. Um, another thing to consider, you do have private label brands that on the acquisition route are now a little bit cheaper. So something I'm seriously looking at now, and I've never been a private label person, um, is acquiring a small private label brand while valuations are down because one revenue is down, which means if it's a multiple of your revenue, it's already lower and multiples themselves are actually down. Therefore now is oddly a good time to acquire a brand that's really solid. That's just down like everything else. And then ride that wave back up. And there's a lot of opportunities that are similar to that at the moment. And that would definitely be related to sourcing, wouldn't it? <laughs> Very cool. Anyone else? Yeah, so I, oh, I just ahead, wanted to, sorry, uh, and this is more of a general opinion following what I was saying, but um, remember in 2008 when the, the financial market had a meltdown, uh, it took in some places of the world uh, up to two years before the impact, the real impact got felt. Uh, and I, I touched based on the fact that cash is, is really like the priority right now. And I just want to say that in, in this uh, increased changes and instability of markets and, and uh, drive from, the, from people that got laid off and thinking like to go online, there's going to be a, a huge increase in risks. 
So I'll go back to Afolafi, uh, what, what he said, just, just make sure you work with people of trust and uh, learn or listen from people like Amy uh, that you can trust and, and uh, really peel off those layers until you get to the bottom of things and, and triple make sure uh, you're on the right track before doing anything crazy. And also be, be careful of opportunities because they lead to a shiny object. And this is it for me. <laughs> Thank you, Baptiste. Well, I would love to just take one more moment. I know you guys have been so wonderful. Speaking of trusted people, there are some trusted people on this call today. And so I would just like to take a moment to go around the, the, the Brady Bunch circle and just for everyone to say um, where people can reach you. Um, if they're wanting to um, reach out about sourcing or about anything that was discussed on tonight's call. Um, we'll go ahead and start with Raphael. Um, yeah, just before I go, just one more point, adding to what um, Baptiste and Norm and Afolabi said, and you, you know, there's going to be an influx of, you know, new sellers coming in and there's going to be a lot more people trying to to take advantage of the situation, um, you know, so-called sourcing agents, so-called shipping agents, and a lot of inexperienced people are going into that, you know, business now and work with people you vetted, um, especially now that you can't go to China and visit your factory. It's even more important to work with the sourcing company. Um, to the end, uh, if anybody wants to know more about shipping, import regulation, shipping from anywhere to anywhere in the world, just Google Unicargo. Uh, we are on Facebook, we are, we are all out there. Just Google the name Unicargo and you'll be able to reach us out. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Raphael. We definitely appreciate your expertise in logistics. Um, so I would love to um, go to Norman and Afalabi next. Where can we reach you guys? Before I, um, I, I just give our contact information, I do have something that I like to add. And it's, it's very simple, is that um, I do have a press release company. And we're trying to get the word out to people who are doing and helping communities with um, COVID. That could be a fundraiser. That could be just anything you're doing whatsoever. Uh, might be donating masks. It could be... Uh, anything to, to drive information into your community. Could be that local grocery store that put up plexiglass to help with their, uh, with their employee and also their consumer. Or it could be that really cool kid that made those surgical masks um, you know, for doctors uh, with his 3D printer, which really happened, by the way. Um, we are running press releases for these uh, types of things for free. And so it's our premium service. It's $300 service for free. Uh, we're not collecting any emails. Their emails are deleted. Uh, it's not a lead gen, you know, thing. Uh, we're just trying to do it because uh, we have reach. We can reach up to about 150 million people with one press release. So that's that. If you want to get a hold of me, norm at prreach or prreach or huonoworldwide.com. Just remember the norm. All right. So I've got I've got that in the chat, so people can reach out to you. Um, and then um, you also, your company Honu Worldwide is there to help with, um, with sourcing from China, correct? 
Well, not just necessarily China, but um, like from for cosmetics, let's say maybe over to Korea. But uh, yes, we we have um, a sourcing logistics company uh, running out of China. Okay, wonderful. So I put both of those emails in there. And thank you for adding that last point, Norm. We've been trying to share that that service that you're offering. It's amazing. And, you know, I agree. We need to spread some good news yeah. about, about COVID. I'm tired of reading the bad stuff. So, um, all right, over to uh, Megla and Margaret, where can we reach y'all? So, um, to find out more about our sourcing trip, um, you can go to indiasourcingtrip.com. Um, we do this trip every April and October. We were supposed to be in India this week for the trip, but of course that's not happening. But yeah, if things go well, the next trip will be in October. You can also join our Facebook group uh, for India Sourcing. Just search for Sourcing from India, Amazon FBA. Uh, we do a lot of webinars, or you can just reach um, Margaret or me via messenger um, at any time. Awesome. I have that in there, indiasourcingtrip.com, as well as um, joining the Facebook group Sourcing from India. Thank you so much again, um, both Megla and Margaret, for being here. Uh, and then we've got uh, Dylan. Dylan, how can they reach out to you to learn more about the wholesale side of things? Sure. Yeah. If you want to learn about wholesale, um, I don't do the course route myself, um, but you can go to vindrive.com forward slash blog. I've written copious amounts of blog posts there that go very in-depth. They are certainly not short. They're typically multi-pages, um, but it goes over everything I've ever learned about wholesale. So if you want to deep dive on wholesale, vindrive.com, that's V-E-N drive.com forward slash blog. And if you're looking for a repricing tool, I also run one of those at goora.com. All right, so I've got that, vendrive.com slash blog and goaura.com. Um, and we also have Miss Tony Ivy. Uh, Tony, how can they reach you to learn more about also um, brands and sourcing wholesale in the US? My main website is omeganetinc.net. So I am Tony with an I, T-O-N-I at omeganetinc.net. Um, <clears throat> some of our websites are cameoeasy.com and giftswholesale.com. And there is, we have US made wholesale, we have toys wholesale, we've got a bunch of things. We even have a Hawaii wholesale, but it's not up and running yet. All right, omeganetinc.net. Got it. Thank you so much, Tony, for being here. And then Baptiste, what about you? How can we reach you? Or are we calling you Charles this evening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about the confusion. Uh, I, I do have like multiple accounts for Zoom. Uh, I should like really cancel all of those uh, and just use my only name, which is Baptiste. Um, but yeah, uh, you can reach me on Seller Supreme. It's the Facebook group that I put up uh, recently and, uh, uh, you know, trying to uh, uh, really slowly go with that or just on Facebook. And uh, you can also um, go on Amy's uh, website, Sourcing at Home, to uh, uh, look at the sourcing in China that we're planning for October if everything uh, is back to normal by then. Uh, so yeah, please reach out. I'll be very happy to answer any question. 
Awesome. So I have amazingathome.com slash China for our China sourcing trip that we're planning. And I have Seller Supreme Facebook group and you tagged as well. All right. Um, did I miss anyone? I hope I didn't. I'm over here typing and I just want to make sure that I didn't miss anyone. I think I got everyone. Um, I just want to thank all of you for being here. Thank you so much for having this conversation tonight. I learned something from each one of you tonight and I know our audience really, they've, we've got 42 viewers right now and everyone is just saying thank you in the comments and, and really appreciating this conversation. So thank you all for being here and, um, and I appreciate you all so much. And we will see you with the next event where we're talking about sourcing everyone who's listening right now, our 42 viewers. We are going to be talking about sourcing again at the Global Sources Virtual Summit. Megla, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. So the summit is going to be held next week, 21st and the 22nd. We're going to have live panel discussions. Uh, and we're also going to be giving everybody pre-recorded presentations. So Raphael is, is a speaker. He's uh, going to be recording a presentation. Amy, you're recording one presentation too. And then we've got panel discussions talking about everything related to sourcing, starting from, you know, how is sourcing going to change after all of the dust settles? How is logistics going to be impacted? What are some of the um, strategies that you need to implement now so that you come out stronger after a coronavirus? And uh, also things like how to source from Vietnam, how to source from India. Um, how is e-commerce going to change? Um, you know, post COVID, how is that already changing? How can brick and mortar stores leverage e-commerce and Amazon? So we've got a range of panel discussions and uh, Amy, you have the link to the, the summit. So maybe you can put it in there in the chat and people can sign up uh, to receive more information. Yes, definitely. I have posted it in there and I will add the link in one moment here. I gotta go grab it. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for being here again. And, um, and we will see you guys at the next event, which is our Global Sources Virtual Summit. I can't wait. I'm excited to, to have all these amazing speakers there. And I'm excited to speak too. This is it's awesome. All right. Well, everybody, thank you again for being here. And um, we will see you guys later. Awesome. Bye. Thank you, Amy. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.